Welcome to the Rosie on the House Arizona Hour. Driven by Sanderson Ford. Your weekend wake-up tradition. It's Rosie on the House. And a beautiful Arizona Saturday morning to you all. Good morning. It is Rosie on the House. Sometime, maybe 140, maybe 130 years ago, there's a lanky bartender by the name of Walt Ringney. And what would become known today as Pine Top, our destination for our Arizona staycation here in the month of September. The bar was owned by Johnny Phillips and was a favorite watering hole for Buffalo troops back in the day. And even after uh, the pen- Penrod family took it over and tried to rename the area Penrod. It never took. It always was called Pine Top in honor of Walt Ringney, who was thin, tall stature, and a big fuzzy head of hair got him the name Pine Top. And that's where Pine Top, Arizona got its name. And it was officially named that in 19, excuse me, 1895 when the post office was established. We'll be bringing you information and tips about Pine Top Lakeside all month long. Our winners will be traveling there of our Arizona staycation later this month. And they'll be staying, let's see, of course I... Oh, I should know this from memory, too. <laughs> I know. We just... But it's like we do the promos last month, and we're doing the promos now for Patagonia. It's uh, the Buck Springs Resort. <laughs> Beautiful little, there you go. Beautiful little lodge right there. They've been a partner for years. They, they've uh, a repeat staycation partner. Absolutely. Also, this uh, week going on, it is the first Saturday of the month, and I believe this is the last Saturday. Maybe, maybe one more in October, but I think I think this is it. It's Steam Saturdays in Williams, Arizona, where they fire up the forty nine sixty steam engine. It's three hundred and ten tons. It was built in nineteen. 19- 1923, and the first Saturday of the month, they fired up just for old time's sake. So if you like trains, you have kids that like Thomas to train, or you want to go see a real steam engine in action, you can see that today, this weekend in Williams. You can find that event at rosieonthehouse.com, and our promotion team will be on site Wednesday, September 11th at the Gardens in Sun City for the Sun City Strong Festival for residents there. You can come by, pick up a home maintenance calendar, uh, ask your home improvement questions, get a referral. Our promotion team will be on site. And that's you can find those events at rosieonthehouse.com. And an interesting uh, article I found out of one of our print publication partners, Green Valley News, gvnews.com, uh, some workers at the Kino Springs Golf Course in Nogales this week discovered ancient human remains they sent to the University of Arizona for research, and they believe that these date back 12,000 years, which is about the time uh, as far back in history as we can put uh, human occupation of the Santa Cruz River Valley. That, that area is so loaded with history. Santa Cruz River is just, I mean, it was... The highway. The interstate <laughs> from Mexico to, to Arizona. It's what everyone traveled. I wonder if they got their tea time. And the San Pedro. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, right. No, no, he's still there waiting for he's it. He's still waiting for it, right. 
<laughs> this 7 o'clock hour of Rosie on the House. We're always looking for interesting Arizona stories. You should consider this hour your broadcast. If you're an Arizona resident, you want to know something, or you have something to share about Arizona or an interesting story, we want to hear them, and we want to hear them sooner rather than later because another article out of Green Valley News was, uh, unfortunately, about the passing of a man, William McTenry. And I would have loved to get this guy on air. He was a Secret Service agent. He was on the running board of the vehicle behind JFK when he was shot. He was the first one that got to Jacqueline uh, after the shot started firing. And he went on to serve for Lyndon Johnson, Richard Nixon, Gerald Ford, Jimmy Carter, and for Reagan when he was governor of Arizona. And he lived in Sorita until he passed this week. How fun would that have been? Well, to you, have him on air. What, what kind of story? He swore to secrecy. <laughs> hey, hey, look, it's your last week, man. <laughs> Spill the beans. <laughs> uh, our guest this hour is an interesting crew. It's a follow-up from last week. We had talked about uh, uh, dogs on insurance and uh, what dogs are and aren't covered. I thought, you know what? I know a guy who raises dogs for uh one companionship, but also for protection dogs, and we've caught, uh, was we're able to get him in studio just this week down from Prescott Valley. We've got Lee Divelbis from Canine from Armor Canine in this morning. Welcome. We're going to turn on your microphone real quick. There we go. Go ahead. Uh, <laughs> there you go. Good morning. Thank you. <laughs> and you've brought in R. D. Miller. Yes. And you. Morning. And you are the. Uh, branch manager for the Phoenix area. For Phoenix area. And then you've got, uh, who, who's your other friend you got in? We brought Kai. Uh, Kai's my service dog. She also uh, is our demo dog or one of our demo dogs. And uh, so she, she she came to today. Can she say hi? She can. Kai, speak. Speak. Oh, yeah. Good morning, Kai. <laughs> now, you guys have four different uh, services for uh, for dogs. We do. We do. Uh we, we offer obedience uh, for private uh, people uh, who have pets, just personal pets, private pets. We also do personal protection dogs. That's what we're known for. And uh, we also do uh, narcotic searches for, for private uh, residential businesses, churches, things like that. And then uh, last but not least, we do uh, somewhere between five and ten service dogs, n- namely for veterans uh, each year. And we'll talk about all those different services throughout the hour, but we're going to talk this segment about the obedience training. What, uh, it, it, what's your ultimate goal? Obviously, you want a nice dog. Uh, do, do you have to, like, let's say I've got a rotten dog. Can I just bring him to you? Sure, sure. We have, we have a couple options. Um, we, we have uh, packages where we come out and we do the training on site with you. Essentially, we're teaching the dog and then instructing you on how to duplicate our efforts and our accomplishments. And then we give you a little homework assignment where you spend about 15 to 20 minutes each day working on that lesson uh, with the dog. And then uh, and usually after three or four sessions, you're going to have a really, really nice dog that you're proud of. Um, we have additional sessions that go with that, that uh, we work on proofing the dog and get out and do uh, socialization and environmentals. Um, and uh and then we also offer boarding trains where you can come drop the dog off with us. The dog will stay with us for two to three weeks in our home, and we'll actually train the dog and bring it back to you. And then, again, uh, spend some time with you and teaching you how to, how to duplicate what we have accomplished. Uh, what are some of the things you can teach a dog to do? Oh, well, 
Wow, that's a loaded question. Um, just about anything. I, I tell people all the time, if dogs had thumbs, I could teach them to do dishes. Um, as long as they're physically capable of doing something, we can usually get a dog to do it. Yeah. Well, I've got an idea. I mean, we need to invent some robotic thumbs here. Huh? Yeah, yeah. They'll be happy to do your dishes, trust me. They'll lick them clean. <laughs> right. <laughs> Yeah, RD's right. Um, if the dog is physically capable um, and has the the desire, that what we oftentimes refer to as drive, you can pretty much teach a dog anything. Um, there's been some amazing things done with dogs over the years um, that, you know, stuff that I'm not going to do for pets, but they've done for the military and, and whatnot. Um, so. It's amazing how quick a pup can pick up just the simplest commands. Uh, do you specialize in a particular breed depending on what you're trying to do, or do you work with all breeds? For, for obedience, we'll work with any, any breed. We, we, what we like to tell people is uh, any age, any size, any breed, any problem. And so that basically wow. covers it all. Uh, for the protection side, and we'll talk about that a little bit later, we, we, we do specialize in uh, Belgian Malinois and Dutch Shepherds. Uh, that's our preference. We'll work with other dogs as well, but um, that's, our, that's our personal preference. You so go ahead. Arnie. You need a right dog, you know, the right tool for the job. Yep. So you're not going to go and get yourself a little wiener dog to be a personal protection dog. Right. <laughs> now, I will say we've lost our wiener dog this year. Um, um, she was old. You know, just long, hot summer. But I, you know what that dog did? We never let the kids go outside in the summer without that dog. Every snake on our property she found first. Oh, wow. And, yeah. and would just stand there and bark till somebody came and, and handled the snake. Nice. And, and nobody had taught her how to do that. She just had that. She, something in her said these, you know, bad and would just stand there and bark her head off until somebody came and, and took care of the snake. That's great. And so dogs there are levels of protection from a yeah, weenie yeah. dog. <laughs> Absolutely. <yeah. laughs> Maybe not from what? the bad guy that's coming to your door yeah. to kick down the front, but for snake protection, there's an argument there. there. I've seen it firsthand. Dachshunds are generally pretty protective, too. I mean, they, they don't care about size of the dog. They'll sit there and bark, 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 and, and, and protect. It, it just seems like a natural instinct. Now, what, what tip could you give our listeners that are, have a puppy or try to. What's the quickest way to house train a puppy? Uh, what's a, what's a all, secret of the trade? All things dog training is consistency. So clear communication and consistent with that communication, the dog will generally pick up fairly quickly, um, and it, it then becomes a routine or a habit for them. So if they make a mistake in the house. Do you grab them by the neck and rub their nose in it? No, no, no. I, I do, you know, know people that done that and yeah. they had success with it, but it's generally not recommended. Yeah. Um, you know, the the punishment should fit the crime, is so to speak. If as far as I'm concerned, uh, I'll reprimand a dog and then guide them, you know, to outside to the you know the behavior that I'm looking for. And uh, but no, I'm not generally going to rub the nose in. Yeah. So do you rub cayenne pepper all over the furniture so they don't chew it? <laughs> that, that's an option. I, you know, the thing with puppies is is what I like to tell most people is don't get a puppy on Monday or Sunday. Um, 
take a week off if you can and spend some time with bonding with this puppy and start teaching the, the dog uh, the rules of your house and, um, and be consistent doing that. And more importantly, hire, hire a professional dog trainer and uh, be, be careful in your selection of dog trainers. The tank is full, and we're moving through the Arizona Hour with Sanderson Ford and Rosie on the house. Hey, guys. You ready to let the dogs out? What? Do what? <laughs> let the dogs out. You know, like, who let the dogs out? Who, who? Who brought this guy along? Yes. <laughs> Alan, we are ready to let the dogs out. Hey, congrats. Thank you. <laughs> who let the dogs out? <laughs> can always always depend on Gary to surprise you with something. Uh, we've got Armor Canine in studio with us today, and it's the second segment, so we've got our Arizona State Park passes to give away true or false. Text true to 411923 or false to 411923, depending on what you think the answer is. Arizona's original four counties were all Indian names, Yavapai, Yuma, Pima, and Navajo. Navajo's were the county of our staycation destination this week, Pine Top Lakeside. That's true. Text true to 411923 or F for false. There was a little mishap this week down at Davis Air Force Base. Did you see that M156 rocket was accidentally fired from a jet? You were a serviceman, Lee. Yeah, I, I read that. Did you ac- Have you ever accidentally shot a rocket off? No, no, no. <laughs> but would you want to? <laughs> <laughs> I don't think accidentally, but I'd like to shoot one. It's fun. It's a 16... Uh, a point two inch long, weighs nine point six five pounds, and it was sh- and it uh, it shot out of a Hydra seventy system. I was doing a little research because I was kind of curious, like what what could this thing blow up if it hits something? But it's actually a white phosphorus. It's not really designed for tank busting or blowing up other things. And uh, I thought, well, what what are white phosphorus rockets used for? They're used for smoke, trace, elimination, and incinerary. That's one of the key ingredients in a napalm bomb. Hmm. So. And they accidentally shot one this week? Yeah. <laughs> and it was from an A-10 warthog, I believe. It was a mean airplanes, man. Wow. Yes, well, what do you think the pilot... Uh, how how, how anxious were you to talk to your commander when you landed? <laughs> how much gas does this have? Where can I go? Yeah, really? <laughs> Wow. But it was over the training area, so it was, it was un, unincorporated. But one of the other services that uh, Canine Armor offers, Armor Canine, K- Armor Canine. Sorry, I said it backwards. You, uh, we were talking about uh, obedience training last hour, and you guys do. Uh, what's the difference between your private and your boarding training? The difference between private and boarding trains are the boarding train, a dog comes to us, so it's out of the, the, the owner's uh, uh, home for two to three weeks while it spends time with us while we train it. Um, the reason why we say two to three weeks is we we never want to give a dog back when it's not completed, not finished. And so most of the time we can get dogs uh, wrapped up in two weeks, but sometimes, you know, we, we need to go to the three weeks. Uh, privates is we come to the house, we come to you, uh, train at your home uh, at, at your convenience. And how much time do I need to allocate for that? One hour. Just one hour. First and- session is usually an hour and a half uh, in we're, we're, we don't hold people to that one hour, one and a half. It, it's really about the, the service and making sure everybody's comfortable and understands what's going on. We don't want to just say, oh, we're done. Your hour is up and we're out. We'll see you next time. Um, we, we'll, we'll spend the time with you. So how often do you come back? Uh, it depends on uh, – we have a six-session and a ten-session package. So 
um, usually every week, but sometimes life gets in the way. People can't do the homework, uh, what, what have you. So, so, you know, as long as it's within every two weeks, we're, we're comfortable with that. If it's longer than that, we're going to get on the phone and call and check in and see what's going on. And then on your boarding training where we bring the dog to you or you come take the dog to your facility. I mean, it's, it's not going to be so spoiled that when he comes back to my house, he's not going to be happy, right? Oh, no, no. <laughs> it's going to be a high level of obedience so that you can spoil your dog and enjoy your dog, but also have a high level of obedience to turn to as well. And where's the kennel? Uh, well, we, we have a location down in, in Phoenix here. It's actually in Santan currently. And then we have one in Prescott Valley. So you have two options. And how many dogs can you keep at Santan, Artie? Uh, well, right now I'm sitting on a pretty big lot. So, I mean, I, I can I can take some in. But uh, at the same time, you know, I don't want to take in too many more than what we can handle. So typically a couple at a time because we want to make sure we're getting the best results for the dogs. And then your Prescott Valley location? In Prescott Valley, I, I can do four to six uh, a month. I try to limit it to four, but... Uh, sometimes people are really having some struggles and, and they're not, they're, they don't want to put the effort and time in to do it. They don't have the time or they just, they, they don't have the desire. They just want the dog to be done. So I'll make accommodations for them if I need to. Now these highly trained uh, service dogs, you know, people always want to come in and pet a dog when they see it. It's, it's just, you know, human reaction nature. And sometimes that's not what you want. I mean, they're there for a purpose. And how, how do you train people not to <laughs> it's a lot easier to train a dog than people. <laughs> normally, normally, if if someone is approaching the dog, we'll we'll try to you know put a hand up or what have you, and just just halt them there and, and explain that this is a working dog. I personally don't have a problem with our dogs uh, being touched, but I I do appreciate people asking. All of our dogs are trained at a, at a high level, and they can handle that. Uh, there was. This this process where people were thinking, well, you know, it's a working dog. You can't touch it. You're interfering. I, I don't I don't believe that if if you talking to my dog or touching my dog is going to disrupt its ability to do the work. I think I failed as a trainer. Um, and, and that's my personal opinion. There's other people who have different opinions, but that's that's where I stand. How long a command can a dog understand? Uh, how long of a command? Like like how many words? Yeah. yeah. Oh, I, I I don't know that, that there's any been any research that that doubles that or, or that that generally you try and keep it pretty short. Yeah, we, we try to stick to a, a one one word command. Okay. For true or false, it's false. The four original counties were Yavapai, Yuma, Pima, and Mojave, not Navajo. Uh, it was tricky on that one, but if you were paying attention last week, you would have known that. The Rosie on the House Arizona Hour, driven by Sanderson Ford. And welcome back to Rosie on the House. We're here with Lee DeVilbus from Armor Canine and your partner, R.D. Miller. Now, We've been talking dog obedience, uh, dog character, but your company name, Armor Canine. Yes. Tell me about that. Well, <clears throat> we really started off the business doing protection dogs, and that's where we really made our name um, in, in the in the dog world, if you will. 
And obedience came as a secondary, um, just because people were bringing dogs to us saying, we see what you do with your protection dogs. Can you help my dogs be half as good as that? And so we started offering more uh, uh, local obedience training. But armor really was, um, the idea was, these are shields for you, uh, the protection dogs are. And uh, we have three different levels of protection dogs. And so our level one, we call body armor. Our level two is suit of armor, and our level three is knight and shining armor. And uh, so we kind of kept with the theme with the armor. And so what is the difference between those levels? A level one is a deterrent-only dog. That's a dog that's going to bark on command and a dog that is not necessarily going to bite on command. We haven't taught it to bite uh, officially, um, but it may or may not do that. Uh, what we know is that most would-be perpetrators, someone that wants to cause harm to you, that if a dog is uh, looks capable, certain breeds, um, and is has a high level of obedience, that's generally enough for them to go, I think I'll go try the guy next, next door, what, what have you. Um, but in the face of, well, I think I'll test that dog, where they're greeted with a nice firm bark that's oftentimes enough to, to at least stop them in their tracks and give you a moment to uh, make some decisions, get some time and distance um, and make, make wise decisions. Our level two dogs are uh, bark and bite. Uh, again, obedience at a high level on and off leash is, is with all of these, pack, um, these levels. But uh, a level two is it's going gonna, it's gonna to bite uh, on command and release on command as well. And in level three, we get into a little bit more, uh, we do what call, what we'd call a passive, uh, um, a passive protection, which we put them in a watch command and then they're free to make decisions, um, based on what, what is transpiring. And for somebody interested in a dog for protection, and this conversation kind of came out of our topic last month, home security. Mm -hmm. And we had our insurance specialist in, and he brought up the point of dogs, and some insurance companies are nervous about insuring homes, particularly with aggressive dogs. But then it, it, it just kind of brainstorming at the office, we said, well, how about if we call Lee, mm -hmm. you know, and get him in the conversation, finish talking about security. Are most of your clients in the level two or three, are they bringing you a dog and you're turning them into this or they're contacting you i'd like a dog capable of three and you're providing the breed and the training yes um we rarely take someone's dog that they bring to us um it's just not a good business decision for us um, rare on occasion we will take one uh, normally it starts with an assessment we get it we do a i've developed an assessment and so we do assessment with the customer figure out what their needs are um, and then we go out and look for a dog that's going to fit. Uh, and really what I'm looking for is how, how much drive I can get in a dog. So I, I need a certain level of drive, a desire uh, in the dog to do the work that we're asking. And so uh, some people can handle real high. They're real active. And so that dog that's real high. And then there's other people that are very, you know, low key, not very active. And so then I have to, I really have to find a balance to, to find the, the right fit. Um, but, but we, we go find the dog, present the dog to the owners. The owners can say yes or no. Uh, the only thing we ask is that it's not based on looks. Um, it, it, because at the end of the day, we're, we're, we're finding the right tool for the job. Now, RD, how much do you have to train this new dog owner? 
Well, so there's a process. If they're wanting a protection dog, um, they're, they're brought into the process because um, they obviously have to know how to handle the dog. We're not just going to hand over. I mean, it's like handing over a loaded gun yeah. and not knowing how to use yeah, it. Yeah, exactly. So different scenarios. You have to know uh, what the dog's capable of putting in a situation. You know, you may just freeze. We do. Uh, there, there, there's the part of the process we do is uh, throughout our training, we ask the customers to come out and be involved. And in some cases, we'll bring the dog to them if necessary um, so that they can bond and start developing that, that basic handler capability. And then when we deliver the dog, we usually schedule seven to 10 days with the customer. And while we're out there, we're continually working on the bonding, working on the handling, and then we start working scenarios. We put them through scenarios. Um, I, I, as a former firearm instructor, uh, if you just go take a CCW class and you put a, you put your, your, uh, CCW card in your wallet and now you're a gunfighter, you, you really, if you think you think that you're really mistaken, you really need to start training and do a lot more training. And so I use the same concept with the dog. I want to put people in scenarios so that they know how the dog's going to work and they start to see what that experience is like. And so they don't, they don't, they, they don't freeze up. And if they do freeze up. Uh, it'll be just momentarily, and then they're back in the game again. And so that, that's, our, that's our big process on. Are most your clients in Arizona? No, we do all over the world. Um, uh, we do have a few here in Arizona, but mostly it's abroad and, and in, within the United States and in world. Wow. Now, what type of breeds for a protection you're talking about the different you know, your knight in shining armor is that a certain breed or are there a couple breeds that are capable of that level of protection so i mean it's it doesn't have to, we, we already like know it's use, not a weenie dog <laughs> <laughs> yeah we like to use the belgian malinois uh the dutch shepherds uh german shepherds so it's like we said before you need the right tool for the job not every dog is cut for the job We've it, it, recently started working with some sh- uh, Shepinois as well. That's a mix between a Shepherd and a, and a Malinois. And uh, we have a good line on those and have uh, been pretty impressed with them as well. Now, this video you've got posted on your Facebook where uh, Kyra is, is like 45 seconds. you, you got a, a muzzle on her. Uh, but she's, I mean, she, how... how how long are you gonna be able to keep doing that? Cairo <laughs> uh, is about a year and a half old. She's been coming just to my bike class on Thursdays that we have that in Prescott Valley, and we'll have one down in the Phoenix area uh, fairly soon as well. Um, and so that's a fellow trainer, local trainer uh, from a big big uh, franchise that's in the town, and she brings her dog, and uh, we've been working with it for about a, a solid year and maybe three months. And to the point where she said, "I don't think, I don't think Kyra would really protect me," and I said, "Oh, you're 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 grossly mistaken." And so I told her about a month ago. I said, "Why don't you get a get yourself a muzzle, start working? She's used to the muzzle, and then uh, we'll pick a day and we'll just we'll 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 uh, we'll put her in a scenario and and help her have success." And so the scenario was she she said this to me, and I said, "All right, do you have your muzzle with you?" And she said, "I do." And I said, "Go put it on and bring her out." And she did, and I had taken all my gear off, and I was in shorts and a shirt, and just standing there, and I said, send your dog. And she's like, well, you're not going to agitate? And I'm like, nope, send your dog. And she, she kind of was like, yeah, right. And so she gave her the command to bite, and you can see what happened in the video. She 
she was doing exactly what she was supposed to do. Uh, a little bit of a frustration because she's got a muzzle on, it's prevented her from actually biting me. But that's for my safety, thank God. <laughs> um, but everything we taught that dog to do up to this point, she did and did it well. And uh, that's usually my final stage for a finished dog is if they'll if they'll muzzle fight, we're we're we know that we got a good dog. Well, you know, I can see putting a couple of these dogs on the ranch um, to kind of be the doorbell and kind of be the deterrent mm-hmm. and then to kind of be the weapon if, if need be. Yeah. But could I take my grandkids oh, to yes. the ranch? Absolutely. Our, our tagline for us is comp- our dogs are companion first, protector second. Um, I have Kai here. Kai, Kai, I could give her a command right now and she would single out whoever I, I, I told her to go bite and she'd bite me as well. Now, really? Gary's on the other side of the glass. Can we use this as a test <laughs> since, since he's at least protected? <laughs> She'd have to chew through the wall to get there. It might take a while, and he might be gone. And but. this dog's been sitting at your feet for this whole hour, and until you asked it to bark, it, it's hardly moved. Yep. This, this is a very pleasant dog to be around. Oh, absolutely. And that's, that's one of the things that we pride ourselves on. It wouldn't on. bite me. <laughs> Let's not test that. <laughs> Unless my legs smell like milk bone, he'll bite me. <laughs> yeah. I have a question, though, about uh, wildlife, because uh, you did a demonstration when you know, he said, can I say rattlesnake without oh, sure. him going yeah. crazy? And he jumped right in your arms. But can they protect against uh, uh, pest wildlife like rattlesnakes, javelina? Uh, I, that'll probably become more natural. We don't train that. Um, rattlesnake training, we actually have, we teach avoidance so um, we, that they, they recognize the smell, sight, and sound, and then they avoid it to stay away from it. But, uh, you know, if a coyote came on your property, a javelina, uh, most of the dogs are probably going to give chase to them and try to try to chase them off the property would be my guess. Now, how do you teach them boundaries? Because one of our dogs will chase them, but won't stop at the edge of the property. <laughs> he may be two days later, he comes back. <laughs> well, it depends on the dog. Um, uh, R.D., you want to? Yeah, so I've, I've kind of, I have a place up in Sholo and I'm on a few acres up there. And my kids just, they love to just run around wild, you know, play hide and seek. And my dogs, I've kind of just walked the property line several times with the dogs. And when they would start to go out of bounds, I just, you know, call them back. So with time, repetitions of doing that same thing, they just start to learn, okay, this is, this is my boundary. This is my comfort zone. Um, and they just, they don't, they don't go past that boundary. We, we probably ought to tell people how to get a hold of you if we've piqued their interest in maybe talking to you more about this concept. How, how would people get a hold of y'all? Yeah, we would love to hear from people. Um, you can call us at uh, 928-493-4160. Uh, I'll give you the Phoenix number, 480-442-5174. Uh, also can reach us on Facebook at Armor Canine, uh, Instagram at Armor Canine, and then our website is armorcanine.com. That's A R. M-O-R-K-9.com. And y'all have a number of different services you provide. You've got your obedience training. You do private uh, training where you come to the homeowner's house. You do boarding training where you take them to your house. You do training for protection. And then uh, this next segment coming up, we're going to talk about the service dogs that y'all work on for vets and uh, narcotics uh, smelling. Here at Rosie on the House with Lee Divilbus and R.B. Miller. R.D. R.D. Miller (laughs) from Armor Canine.
tuned up and rolling. It's the Rosie on the House Arizona Hour, driven by Sanderson Ford. The lake, which in turn would spawn the town of Lakeside, is a relatively new addition to the Arizona landscape. Rainbow Lake was created in 1903, roughly 20 or so years after it was settled by Mormon pioneers. It's the same pioneers that would dam Walnut Creek that created Rainbow Lake. Multiple species of fish call the lake their home, including largemouth bass, channelfish, bluegill, green sunfish, illegally introduced northern pike, and game and fish stocks it with catchable-sized rainbow trout in early spring and summer. However, much of the shoreline is privately owned, so the best bet to fish this lake is by boat. It's 116 acres with an average depth of only 7 feet. The deepest point is only 14 feet. That's the lake at Lakeside, Arizona, our featured staycation destination location this month. You can enter to win now. We're drawing for next month in October, where our destination will be the Patagonia wine country of southern Arizona. In the news this week, in case you missed it, uh, Arizona's own Dirks Bentley got in a little trouble with game and fish. And I don't know that a lot of our listeners know this, but we actually have a personal connection with Dirks Bentley. His mom and my grandmother, Baby Kay, are pretty good friends and often golf and play bridge together. So I was able to pull a few strings through Baby Kay to get Dirks on the line to get his perspective of this instance. Dirks, you got caught fishing without a license. A Colorado one-day pass is about $16.75 plus $10 for a habitat stamp. Now, I know the $140 fine you paid is nothing to you, but that's still $113.25 more cents than you would have had to pay, and you would have saved all yourself this bad PR. What do you have to say, bud? What was I thinking? Well, look, on your Instagram, it looked like it was just you and Luke Bryan fishing. So how did you get caught? Somebody called the Popo. Well, it was that Instagram post that let the Popo convict you. It proved that you were guilty. Can't stress enough how careful you have to be on social media. You said that you're out fishing with Luke Bryan. Man, you must have been really distracted that day. I was thinking that a little white tank top sitting right there in the middle by me. Yeah, I can see how that'll happen. Well, after you paid the fine, what did you tell game and fish officers? And then what happened? Pretty easy down the road I go. So what's your takeaway from all this? Every mile of memory. I've been hearing your five-hour energy drink commercials. Are you going to shoot a few of those and get past this? I'd settle for a slowdown. So what are you doing right now? I'm getting drunk on a plane. Well, pace yourself, man, and don't beat yourself up too much. It's only a misdemeanor. There is. Well, that's a little dramatic, don't you think? There might be hope for me, yeah. And we have hope for you too, Dirks. Turning this around in a year from now, what would you like fans to say about you? Well, you gonna find a good man like me. <laughs> well, I, we're still fans, Dirks, don't worry. And I've kept my promise to Baby K when she handed me your first CD, Don't Leave Me In Love, that's not even in print anymore. She said, this is a friend of mine's son, and he's going to Nashville, and if he becomes a star we've got to buy every cd that he publishes well i mean i've kept that promise with one little caveat you download them now from itunes you know i can't i think after your second album i stopped buying cds altogether. but uh it's uh we got dirk straight there and he'll be all right and we're finishing up our conversation with armor canine in studios joining us talking about protection dogs and where this really came up is when 
our insurance agent last week called in and or, or was on in studio with us and was talking about uh, insurance companies that won't uh, insure guard dogs. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we uh, we actually have an insurance agency, uh, a, a very large one that absolutely loves our dogs and are more than willing to insure them. And uh, it doesn't matter if it's a protection dog or a dog that was trained by us, obedience, they'll provide insurance, either an umbrella policy or a rider. Uh, they also have a, a sort of a, a quasi life insurance policy, basically, that kind of prorates and will give you some money back if something happens to the dog. Um, so if anybody needs some information on that and needs some assistance with it, you can give us a call. We got to get Clay in touch with that insurance company. Yeah, absolutely. Are most of your clients like dignitaries that are <laughs> that are worried about kidnapping or celebrities? Who 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 is your typical client? Uh, we do celebrities, uh, um, athletes, uh, business executives. Um, and surprisingly, we do a lot of what I would consider, um, you know, average Joes just like ourselves that are concerned about where the world's at today. The, and, you know, maybe the husband's, you know, traveling or construction or what have you and the wife's home. And he realizes that the wife doesn't have the mentality or the mindset to, to shoot somebody if, if they were going to come in or they're scared of a firearm. And so the dog is a, is a perfect solution huh. for that. In addition to a perfect solution, it's actually a cheaper solution. If you pull off a, you pull out a gun and you put a, a round down range, it's going to cost you, you know, forty thousand plus, and that's going to depend on just to defend yourself, and that depends on what your net worth is worth, you know, it, your value. And so, with one of these dogs just being a perfect deterrent and uh, a, a great security solution, and you just kind of avoid all that. Well, and you even mentioned, uh, you know, if they weren't comfortable firing, even if you were comfortable, something calmness about the dog can help you, you know, maintain your calmness in that. Right. Now, talk real quick about your uh, the service dogs you put together for vets. We like to uh, to help uh, fellow veterans out. I'm a veteran myself, and so uh, specifically we're doing service dogs for uh, issuing uh, anxiety, PTSD issues, things like that. We'll do some some diabetic dogs if, if necessary, but we kind of keep it simple with the PTSD and, and anxiety um, and, and help those fellow veterans. And then your narcotics. We do private searches. So we have uh, three dogs currently that are trained to, to search for cocaine, heroin, and, uh, and methamphetamines. Um, I do have a dog that will, will find marijuana, but that's kind of going by the wayside <laughs> uh, uh, in our current climate. But... Uh, we do private searches, so a, a, a homeowner is concerned about a child or something like that. We can come out and do a very discreet, uh, 100% confidential um, uh, search. We can do that for businesses as well, nonprofits. And the website, one more time? Armor, K9, A-R-M-O-R-K, Nine.com. Lee Dibblebiss and R.D. Miller, thanks for joining us this Saturday morning. Thanks, thanks for having us. us.